Hey everybody, I'm Eddie Starr, and this is the College of Rock and Roll Knowledge. Class is now in session. This is where the music and culture that shaped a generation live on, and my own path through the world of rock and roll. During the month of June, I was in rehearsals for Philip Paul Kelly's Requiem for a Wrestler, and an elevated stage reading of the show was streamed live from the Triad Theater here in New York on June 27th. And what a blast that was to be a part of that event and experience. To hear songs I wrote back in the 90s uh, used for the purpose of telling a story and different voices singing them and hearing them arranged different. It was a real blast. And of course, I had the opportunity to play in the band. And that was a real different experience in terms of what it required being present, focusing, following the script, watching for cues from the music director. So thank you to everyone who tuned in to watch that. And in case you missed it, this past week, uh, Highlight Reel came out as well as videos for two of the songs. So I'll put the links in the description box below and you can check that out. So Anyway, this week, I'm going to talk about a bit about uh, rock and roll movies. After the show, it got me thinking about how music or rock and roll has been used in films. So I checked out some films that I've seen before, and I picked up some different things from them this time. And it got me thinking not only about music, but how ideas that are portrayed in these films have manifested out into the music scene, music industry, fans, artists, bands. So I thought I would talk a bit about that. The first film is Jailhouse Rock from 1957, starring Elvis Presley, Judy Tyler, Mickey Shaughnessy, and Dean Jones. And, of course, in my view, this film is the story of the rock star, the outsider. And in rock and roll, you are always the outsider. Because if you're the insider, then that's more of a pop thing, right? <laughs> but if you go back to that time, you even see actors who had nothing to do with music, but because of the films they were in, like James Dean in Rebel Without a Cause or Marlon Brando in The Wild One, they were their personas from those films were drawn into the culture. And you see in Nick Cohen's book, Rock Dreams, which I've mentioned before on this podcast, uh, how both of those actors and the characters they played sort of were woven into the fabric of the early rock and roll vibe. So I'll put a link in the description box below in case you missed that. So you can check out that book. This whole idea of 
the blueprint in Jailhouse Rock, you see several other elements that later on, when I was a teenager, manifested in the industry. For instance, the music video, MTV, and seeing your music and seeing the artist and being able to get an idea about their viewpoint of the song they were singing, the ideas that they had. And in Jailhouse Rock, that fantastic sequence with where they Elvis sings the title track. And of course, it's choreographed by the legendary Alex Romero. And if you cut away the entire movie, there's your music video. The first music video. And uh, another idea in the movie the, of DIY, which is something that really became popular when I was a teenager. Uh, the early 80s, a lot of the punk bands started putting out their own records, doing their own tours, doing their own zine, uh, magazines, fanzines. And it sort of became like a uh, you know, independent ver independence versus the major label type uh, thing, which still goes on today. And um, but it's depicted in this movie where Elvis's character is talking to his business partner, played by Judy Tyler, and after their experience uh, approaching a label. They decide to go on their own. And his comment is something like, well, why don't we do our own label? What do you need? Press and distribution. So there you have it with the DIY. But later on, it was presented as a new idea and all the rage in the punk thing. You also have the idea of destroying instruments as portrayed in Jailhouse Rock. And, of course, in the 1960s, Pete Townsend and Jimi Hendrix both became notoriously known for destroying guitars on stage. And then the idea of the artist who seizes the moment and jumps on stage and walks off into history. Well... In 1976, a group of kids jumped on stage in London and performed a 20-minute version of the Lord's Prayer and walked in, off into punk history, Susie and the Banshees. So there's your blueprint, Jailhouse Rock, at least in my view. Moving on to 1979 and Rock and Roll High School. Starring the Ramones, PJ Souls, Vincent Van Patten, and Mary Warrenoff. And this is the fan's dream, or I guess you could say the ultimate fan dream of being into a band, trying to get to the concert, and you've written a song that you want them to perform, and... Then uh, blowing up your high school. <laughs> and Mary Warnov is amazing as the high school principal because you, of course, have the conflict between the authority figure and the students. And the principal doesn't want any of the students going to a Ramones concert. So check that out. Also, 
there in this film, it, you really do see the sort of decadent culture of the late seventies, early eighties and what it was like to be a teenager. And a lot, when I watch this film, it always takes me back to being in junior high school and high school and what it was like back then. And, you know, the us festival, which was a huge thing was one of the first, I think, uh, you know, rock and roll festivals. Everyone wanted to go to that and, you know, planning out going to the show. And of course I grew up in Southern California. So it was, you know, what are we doing this weekend? Where are we going to go? Are we going to go up to Hollywood and hang out? So check that movie out. Then we're going to go to the mid 1990s for a movie called that thing you do. Uh, starring Tom Hanks, Tom Everett Scott, Liv Tyler, and Giovanni Ribisi. And this movie tracks the rise and fall of a band called The Wonders. And it really gives you an idea of not only the time period, the early 1960s, but this whole, uh, I guess, blueprint you could call it in this movie really does um, tell the story of a lot of bands and which brings me to an interview I once heard and I can't remember who the artist was or band but the interviewer asked them you know what what made them different and they came back with the answer that there's not a lot you can do with rock and roll because it's three chords, but it's how you play those chords and how you sing those same words that makes it special or different. And it's the same with all of these ideas that have been going back to jailhouse rock. It's the band or the artist that makes them different or special, but pretty much they're all the same. There, there really isn't a whole lot of difference, just the people involved and also the time and place. And I also have my own little story connected to jailhouse rock back in 2007 in the spring. I was in Los Angeles. I was working with Gary Monroe uh, he was managing a band called Guilt by Association. And we drove out to the motion picture home in Woodland Hills, California. And Gary Monroe introduced me to the legendary Alex Romero, who choreographed the uh, Jailhouse Rock dance scene in Jailhouse Rock. And also worked with Elvis Presley on a few of his other films. Of course, he worked with Fred Astaire, was in An American in Paris, and choreographed uh, scenes in Easter Parade, Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, Kiss Me, Kate. And what a spry, enthusiastic 90-something. Yes, you heard me right, 90 something. I, I think he was 92 or 93. 
and just friendly, outgoing, positive, and told me a few stories about Elvis and it was just it was such an honor for me to meet a legend like that and um so anyway that's my little connection with jailhouse rock and i'm trying to think here if there's anything else that i wanted to cover that i haven't and i don't think I've missed anything. So I am going to leave it there this time. Thank you for listening, liking, clicking that bell, sharing my podcast. And I will see you next time. And until then, rock on. I knew I'd forgotten something. This is regarding the movie That Thing You Do and the great soundtrack. Adam Schlesinger, who was a founding member of Fountains of Wayne, wrote the title track. And sadly, he passed away earlier this year due to COVID-19. So if you get a chance, check out Fountains of Wayne and his work. Also, the band, the actors that played the band in the movie, The Wonders, They also got back together this year and did an impromptu set to benefit Music Care. So I'll put that in the playlist so you can check it out. So until next time, this is Take Two. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Eddie Starr's College of Rock and Roll Knowledge is a production of Tonup Incorporated. Copyright 2020 Tonup Incorporated.